On today's show, I am not joined by my co-host, Chris Manning, but instead I am joined by the Eurostep Podcast Network's own Numak to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers seeing their winning streak come to the end of his Milwaukee Bucks. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Before we get started, I just want to let you know that this episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Check them out and go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on NBA and use all lowercase letters locked on NBA to ensure that you get a first deposit match up to $100. As I said before, I am Evan Damerall. I'm the one of the two voices behind Locked on Cavs, one of the two monotone white nerdy guys behind Locked on Cavs. But as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm not joined by my other nerdy white podcast host, Chris Manning. Instead, I'm joined by GSPN or the Eurostep Podcast Network's Numak. Numak, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Evan. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, a tumultuous week in, uh, in Bucksland, but have a, having a good Wednesday night for sure. We'll definitely have to talk about coaching situation later on in this show, just because as a little bit of a spoiler for Friday's show, I'll be having, I guess, your boss, Ty Windish, on the show to talk about good the coaching buddy, changes. Yeah, good buddy, Ty. Um, to talk about the coaching changes, well, just I want to get a temperature check from just everyone out in Milwaukee or Bucks fandom in general. But looking at this game, um, not a bad win for the Bucks, I'd say. Uh, but for me, just seeing Cleveland's winning streak come to an end like this, my biggest takeaway really in this game was... They these two teams played a week ago today, um, as of when we're recording this, and I, I can definitely say without a shred of doubt that Giannis Antetokounmpo definitely was a difference um, in this game compared to the last one. He was just sensational in this matchup, and I think not having him in Cleveland after he was ruled out with that shoulder contusion really um, altered the trajectory of that matchup because the Cavs could lock in on Damian Lillard versus this time around. Giannis is just a, you know, he's, he's literally a freak. It's in the nickname. Like, he was unstoppable in this one. Yeah, Giannis, uh, pretty good at basketball, some might say. Uh, 35, 18, and 10 for the triple-double. That last assist coming out of, uh, last two assists coming on a pair of corner threes from Chris Milton and Millie Cleasley, and I think in the last two minutes. But, yeah, I think you put it up perfectly. When Giannis is on the floor with Damian Lillard, the two are just pretty pretty close to, unstoppable when they're when they're both playing well and having that option for the Cavs to actually have to guard Giannis rather than just Brook in the pick and roll and just Brook down low adds a whole other wrinkle obviously Giannis being a two-time MVP and uh NBA champion he's going to be a big difference maker and we saw that exactly tonight and I think it was like a, just a really efficient night for Giannis he didn't really have a whole lot of um I guess People in the way is one way to say it. Like Jared Allen, I talk, we can talk about it in a minute, but I love the Jared Allen versus Brooke and Giannis matchup. It's always fun. But Giannis had 16 out uh, of 24, uh, and only three uh, shots at the line tonight. So just a very efficient run and dunk man tonight. Well, I mean, some would say he may not have a bag. In, in this scenario, I think, yeah, really efficient is a great way to put it. I think the fact that he more than put the team on his back in this one. Like he, he put up video game like numbers, let's be frank. And 
Um, it's a smart shout, just like the Jared Allen matchup with both Brooke and Giannis is a completely different wrinkle compared to, uh, at least in the first matchup between these two a week ago, um, these two teams, it was Jared, you know, having to deal with Brooke, of course, and maybe like some of the rim pressure that the Bucks are trying to throw at him, but not to discredit Brooke, he is a defensive player of the year, finalist, winner, champion, and also like still, you know, like kind of set the template for like what a modern big man should be in terms of three-point shooting and rim protection and maybe some just like switchability on defense. But it's just so much harder to have to deal with those two, especially when you don't have Evan Mobley. And I think Cavs fans will be quick to point the finger at that. Like no Evan Mobley in this matchup certainly changed things. But also when you're dealing with a guy like Giannis, you have to kind of tip your cap at times too, because this is arguably, depending on how you feel about Nikola Jokic or... Kevin Durant, LeBron James, et cetera. But like Giannis or Luca as well. But like Giannis is one of the very best players in the world. And there are just some nights where like the best player in the world would do best player in the world things. And you have to kind of plan around that a little bit. And as impossible as that is, to kind of maybe mitigate other things for the Bucks. And you just saw a bit of a trickle down effect, like Giannis applying constant pressure. And then for some reason, the Cavs just kept fouling Dame instead of him, which is, you know, somewhat surprising, but you can definitely see, like, it's night and day compared to when these two played. Um, these two teams played last time when they played in Cleveland a week ago. Right. And I think just the addition of Dame, Damian Lillard has had a bit of, I don't want to call it a resurgence, to be honest, because he's been good for the last five plus years and played at that MVP caliber play that entire time. But everything just looks a lot easier for him. Like he's sometimes not as efficient as you'd like him to be. But looking back at his game log, I think since um, the calendar turned over, he's only scored under 30 points three times in what looks like to be about 12, 13 games. Like that's just, if you're scoring 30 plus points in 35% of your games, that's pretty darn good, I'd say. And so, um, but yeah, like Jared Allen, as you had, had a, um, alluded to had the same number of points tonight as he did uh, last week, same number of rebounds as well. I believe I think only shot or only maybe one more shot. So he was still just as effective as he was with and without Giannis. And in, um, in those two games, I just think that Jared Allen is one of like the matchup problems for, for Brooke specifically. He's a lot more agile than a lot of the centers Brooke, Brooke faces on like a, I just should say daily basis, from daily basis, but from game to game, Jared Allen just has all the tools to make Brooks life hell. He's really good in the pick and roll. He's really good at that uh, mid floater, like hook shot, push shot, whatever you want to call it. He's really efficient in that area and just a really good rebounder. Like there's a lot of times when Bucks, big men like Brooke and Giannis particularly tap tend to go for like tap outs versus actually grabbing the ball. More often than not, when I'm watching Cavs games, Jared Allen's going up and like grabbing the ball pretty forcefully and putting it back up for two easy points or getting that defensive rebound. So yeah, it's a, it's always fun watching Cavs Bucks games because I think the matchup is so, so fun to watch. Even like if fully healthy, especially between um, Mobley guarding Giannis and then Jared Allen guarding Brooke when they're at when their starting uh, lineup is out there. But then watching Okoro guard Dame too, especially compared to last week versus this week. Like I think Dame might have had something to say about last week's game, and I guess we'll go into that a little bit later about the sort of headspace they were all in, but. Dame tonight, a rather inefficient game, but the times when I saw him being guarded by Okoro, he was hitting some tough shots over some yeah. some long some long hands. 
<laughs> like even if Damian Lillard is efficient, like he's still gonna the top shots. Like he still had twenty eight points, four assists. Like they they didn't need his playmaking this game because Giannis was on another one. But just kind of focused on the on the focus of just like Giannis being such a key difference maker in this matchup compared to when they these two teams last met in Cleveland. Were you at all maybe a little nervous when the game got like within six points, about like a couple oh, yeah. like, five minutes left in the fourth, or you're like thinking like, oh no, we we have Giannis Adenakumpo on our side to kind of just widen the gap, and that's it was still close, maybe till about a minute plus left in the game when Donovan Mitchell hit a layup to cut it to eight. But it just to me, I'm like you had said, like the last two assists he got in his triple double. Those were the backbreakers for Cleveland. Like you just don't know what to do in those situations just because he's just an otherworldly player that can just be in the right spot at the right time and find the teammates, whether it's Chris Middleton, who was also awesome in this game compared to the last time these two uh, teams met. But like, it's just fascinating to me. Just, I don't know, like what your temperature check was or just like what your overall feeling was when looking at, um, the, the Cavs got to get close, but like you have the best player in the world on your in your corner. So when they cut it close, I think they got, like you had said they got down pretty close to to six, and I wasn't nervous because they had been they had played well all night. Like they weren't they were I didn't think they were going to lose because of the way it was trending. Like I thought they had played well enough to be able to get themselves back on track and and finish out the game. But that doesn't mean I wasn't like cautiously optimistic like it definitely has happened before and against way worse teams than the Cavs where they just can't close out 10 point leads with like six minutes to go and that's just something that I think again we'll talk about later with the elephant in the room but um that will be fixed going forward and I'm glad that they like locked in tonight everyone talks about like the the dead coach like bounce game I think that is what this like the end of this game definitely was. They called timeout, they locked in, and they started um, making shots and being a little more efficient than they were um, early in the fourth quarter, end of the third quarter kind of stuff. Like it was, if it, if it had gone another minute, like when it gets down to like four minutes and they're starting to get like within four, then yeah, I start to get pretty worried that Donovan Mitchell keeps getting hot and they lead, he leads them to victory, or is death by a thousand literal cuts from. Next year's Isaac Coral or even Jared Allen at times. Because while I thought the transition defense was a little better tonight, there were some hiccups where I was like, eh, that was pretty bad. The half court defense obviously is still going to need some work. And I think that's pretty evident. Like they finish, the Cavs obviously score 116, um, held them under 30 for three quarters. But then in the fourth, the Cavs scored almost, or scored 37, so almost 40, which is like, You'd rather have that be the first quarter, right? Like you don't want to let let them score almost forty in the most important quarter, and so I think that is something to be cautious about going into uh, Friday's game because I don't think you can keep this this Cavs team and how well they've played, especially with Donovan Mitchell. And he had, I think, he had an okay game. He uh, had fifteen points going into the fourth quarter, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then um, ended up with 23, 10 for 24, two for 11 and three. Like that's just not going to happen probably again on Friday. Sure. Hope not as a Cavs fan, but um, just making sure that half court defense gets short up obviously before the playoffs and hopefully with the incoming coach. But uh, I guess we'll see from that way. So but we like talk- a, a long answer short. I was worried, but not like head and hands kind of worried. 
So we'll, we'll talk about the trauma Adrian Griffin's coaching that he left with you in the third segment. But I do want to talk more about Donovan Mitchell in the upcoming one. But pause for a quick second and give you a word from some of day's sponsors. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Grammarly. When it comes to writing, Grammarly supports you from start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology you can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most. And now, Grammarly helps you do even more. With one click, you can easily and e- brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with suggestions based on your context and goals, so you can improve productivity from you and your teams. When you're stuck with writing at work, Grammarly can help you get started with ideas, outlines, and even tips. It can also help you paraphrase and rewrite more concise instantly. But my favorite feature has to be that Grammarly can help you summarize your emails and provide suggestions on how to reply in seconds so that every work email you get actually does find you well. Best of all, Grammarly is free. So start being more productive at work in Grammarly today. Just go to Grammarly.com forward slash podcast to download it for free today. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com forward slash podcast. And today's episode of Locked on Cavs is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is North America's largest daily fantasy sports platform. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, so it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you win more than or less than on two to six players, stat projections, and watching the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this basketball season. Select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Testing my skills on prize picks this basketball season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, and with these skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds, and it also offers quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players, stat types making them, and prize picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. PrizePix offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday each Tuesday. PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. PrizePix now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this season. So check out PrizePix today. Go to prizepix.com forward slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com forward slash locked on NBA, all lowercase, and use the code locked on NBA, again, all lowercase, for your first deposit match up to $100 and enjoy daily fantasy sports made easy. And we are back with more Locked on Cavs. But before we head into this segment to talk about our usual awards, as some of our regular listeners may know, I gotta let you guys know that Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked on, plus our national shows covering every league. Just go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So... For those who may not know, and this is Numac's first time on the show, uh, usually after we talk about our big takeaways from the game, we hand out MVP, stat of the night, and play of the night. And for me, at least, Numi, uh, my MVP in this one is Donovan Mitchell. You had mentioned he wasn't super efficient in this game, and there's chances he can bounce back. But for me, the fact that he played 
so aggressively down the stretch despite being in five fouls and really like tiptoeing that line of possibly fouling out and letting this game completely go awry, but he just kept fighting and trying to keep the Cavs in this game. Really gave me those MVP uh, vibes for sure. And if it wasn't for him, like overall, it's Giannis in this game just because of how dominant he was. But for me, at least on the Cavs side of things, it was um, Donovan Mitchell. What about you? Who's your MVP of this game? I think it has to be Giannis. 16-24, the triple-double with 18 rebounds is is pretty nuts. Um, but yeah, for, for Donovan Mitchell, like I think him getting to five fouls was pretty worrisome for uh, for Cavs fans and I guess the Cavs in general. I think it was, what, like five, six minutes left in the game and they yeah. kept him in there. He kind of had to at that point and he played quite well down the stretch like you had mentioned being an attacker and trying to lead the team to what would have been a, a pretty solid victory. But yeah, I guess for me from the Bucks side, it, it's easily honest. Like you could also argue that um, it could be Chris or Chris or Dame I'd probably give it to Chris over Dame just because he was much more efficient and looked a little more, I guess, active. The the breakaway uh, dunk on that steal was was pretty awesome. Like, I don't know if, how often you guys watch Bucks games, but Chris Middleton has not been able to dunk for almost his entire career. Him and Eric Bledsoe to go back to the doldrums of the Eric Bledsoe days used to have contests throughout the season if who could have more dunks and. uh, it, it wasn't a lot. It was like six a season because neither one of them had hops. And so seeing Chris get that steal and go down for a dunk was a, was a pretty exciting play for me. But yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt, it has to be, it has to be honest. Would you say that uh, Chris stealing dunk was your play of the night just because of how rare the Chris Middleton dunks are? Or do you have another one in mind? It's tough because like it wasn't the most like exciting play. Seeing Chris be active on defense is one of the more promising things Bucks fans can see that can hope for. He has been somewhat of a turnstile on defense for the past couple years, especially through his throughout his injuries and like his brief stints and coming back. And so to see him have active hands navigate a screen and interrupt a interrupt a pass was was good to see kind of the old Chris and then get down the court. But I think the uh the end of the probably two, three minutes left in the game, Giannis had a pretty thunderous dunk that was that was pretty awesome. Like you, it's hard to not appreciate every Giannis dunk because you try to appreciate mm-hmm. these guys while they're here and just in the moment. And I think every big Giannis dunk like that is just so much fun to watch. And I think it was the Malik uh, Beasley up screen with him, uh, with Sam Merrill trailing. Sam Merrill goes to the left, Giannis goes to the right and takes off and slams it. I yeah, that's that's a night for me. Say that that's an old teammate helping out his uh, current teammate have the that's right. play of the night for you. But Sam Merrill, of- uh, the, the player that hit the three to break the NBA threes record made in the game, uh, team record back against the Heat, I believe, in the championship season. Yeah, because it was like, I think it was that first round. Sam oh, Merrill okay. bringing the championship caliber to the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, he does like to do it. He, he downplays he, when he and Mamadi were with the charge. And that was like the first thing you asked them. They downplayed that championship. because, like, well, we didn't play that much, but that is a cool moment. And for me, my play is actually a Sam Merrill hustle play. Um, it was like a minute or so left in the third quarter. Uh, Brooke Lopez missed a jumper. And then you see like there, there could have been an easy second chance opportunity for the Bucks there just because of the way the ball bounced off the uh, rim and backboard. But then he saw Sam Merrill get the floor burns and just dive to the ball. And then he kicked it forward to Donovan Mitchell, who 
kind of slowly brought the ball up. That's what you tend to do with about less than a minute to go in the quarter. You want to make sure you set up the right play to close things. But you saw him kick the ball to, I believe, Karis LeVert, who then found Sam Merrill at the top of the perimeter. And then Donovan Mitchell made a baseline cut. And you just watched Sam Merrill rifle pass with two hands right to Mitchell, who got a really clean uh, layup right at the end of the, end of the quarter. I'm just like, you know what, Sam Merrill? You keep making these right plays where I'm like, you're just you're just a fun dude to watch. Like I, I think the fact that also like he made the most threes for the Cavs tonight is always still surprising to me. But then also the other night he almost broke the franchise's record for most three pointers made off the bench. So, so the, the Sam Merrill experience has been a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, yeah I'm glad he, he was a feature in both of our play of the nights. But real quick for me before we head to the you know the elephant in the room, uh, the Adrian Griffin one. Um, my stat of the night is just the fact that despite having to deal with Brooke Lopez and Giannis Adenokounmpo in this matchup, Jared Allen finished the night with zero fouls, which I think is honestly very impressive uh, just because when Milwaukee was at Cleveland, I asked Jared, like, hey, how hard is it to like, defend a team like the Bucs where you have literally Giannis Adenokounmpo, a force of nature on one side, and then you have Brooke Lopez who can pull big men out of the paint to make either it's harder to defend him or also just make Giannis's life easier at the basket and sure it's like it's really hard he's like I accept the challenge he's like with Giannis like you have to defend him try as hard as you can to defend him without fouling he's like but he's just so unrelenting like you sometimes want to like just make the lazy play and just rake your arms down and just foul him while he's attempting the basket either force two free throw attempts or you know an and one opportunity just because like you, you get fed up trying to deal with him and I think it's just impressive to me see like he just stepped up again and defended and did his best against Giannis. I think again, it's hard to defend a force of nature like that, but the fact that he dealt with so much constant rim pressure from a guy who went 16 of, or rather 15 of 23 close to the basket, like not bad stuff from Jared Allen tonight. Yeah. I'm, like I said earlier, he's very fun to watch against this against this duo of Giannis and Brooke. But I think like the biggest thing is that when you don't have a guy like Evan Mobley out there, it just makes Jared Allen's life that much harder. And to do that as the primary big guy out there, like man, do it without following hats off, hats off to him because that's very impressive. Like Dean Wade's been, been pretty good this season. He's kind of been um, good, good in spots as I've, as I've watched some of the Cavs games and filling in for Mobley. But I think you can't undersell how much Jared Allen beats this team. No, absolutely. Um, do you have any stat that stood out for you before we head to our next break? I'm going to keep repeating it. 16 to 24 is stupid. Like 66% is a pretty pretty solid percent from from the uh, from the field. Like I know Ronan Duckman gets memes on NBA Twitter and people who for some reason don't like Giannis, but I mean, point me to to games where you can. Score 35 on 16 and 24, and I don't care who you are, you're getting an applause from me. Well, I think a mutual friend of ours would disagree, but let's put a pin <laughs> in this conversation one more time. We're going to come back, talk about <laughs> the coaching trifecta of Adrian Griffin, Joel Prunty, and Doc Rivers, and also just any final notes we may have from this game uh, before we look ahead to the end of this episode. So we'll be right back. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Rear Root. Whether braving the cold or dealing with crowds, grocery shopping this time of year is the worst. 
Why not stay home and let Hungry Root handle it? With Hungry Root, you can kickstart a week of healthy eating and get groceries delivered right to your door. Hungry Root is easy is the easiest way to get a fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. It offers healthy groceries and simple recipes in one place. Take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, and your eating habits. They'll ask what flavors you like, which kitchen appliances you use, and more. And then, they'll keep your needs and preferences in mind and start building your cart with delicious recipes and all your grocery needs for the week. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your tastes. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, and so much more. They go beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that put your groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of your fridge. And the best part is, is Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It just tastes good, and it's quick to make, and it contains whole, trusted ingredients. Spend less time meal planning, shopping, and cooking, and more time enjoying healthy food that you'll love with Hungry Root. Hungry Root currently offers Locked On Cabs listeners 40% off their first delivery, free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com forward slash Locked On to get 40% off your first delivery and to get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com forward slash Locked On. Don't forget to use the link so they know that we at Locked On Cabs sent you. And we are back. All right. We just got to talk about it. So yeah. what, what was your initial reaction when the news broke that the Milwaukee Bucks were parting ways? The Milwaukee Bucks were 30 and 13 at the time, second place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we're parting ways with head coach Adrian Griffin. Well, to give context to the entire conversation, I think you have to understand that this has been a talking point amongst Bucks fans since game one. Like there are, there has been people who just been preying on Adrian Griffin's downfall since the beginning for reasons unbeknownst to me, whether it be just didn't like the hire, wanted somebody else, this, that, or the other. And so I was firmly on the side of, yeah, Adrian Griffin is, has some, has some deficiencies as a head coach and that this team should be better than it is. But I don't think you make this, you don't, you don't fire a coach that's, with the on team that's doing this well, given that he's only a first year head coach. And part of that for me stems from the fact that they hired Adrian Griffin for a certain look of this team. And then with the Damian Lillard trade, totally flipped that the dynamic of that team on its head. A defensive forward team with Drew, with Brooke back, and with hopefully Chris coming back to form throughout uh, the rest of uh, the season looking back at like this point of view from early July, very defensive team. Got like Beasley. He's not the best defensive player. He's been doing okay this year, but it just looked like this was going to be a defensive team, right? Well, then you trade, you trade away your point of attack defender, Drew Holiday, for Damian Lillard, one of the best 75 players of all time. Goes from being a very defensive team to now a very offensive team. And I think where the rub was and why this this firing happened in part is because and I think what my biggest concern was with Adrian Griffin this entire season is that okay you have this high powered team of Giannis, Dame, Chris and Brooke as your core four right Malik Beasley had an absolute phenomenal beginning to the season he's a, a little bit cooled off now but he's having a, a great season from three why aren't why isn't this team blowing out bad teams why are they going down to the wire to the Pistons in multiple games? Why are they going down to the wire with the Spurs? Like there was so many games 
where Giannis and Dame had to play 35 minutes because otherwise they lose. And that was, I guess, my biggest concern, as well as why I wasn't so much shocked that they lost, right? Or that they, or that they, that they lost, that they fired Adrian Griffin. Because if you're going to have the star power and the offensive star power that the Bucks have, you have to be putting away these games in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, so that you can rest your star for when it matters in April, May, and June. Like that's what was so nice about the Mike Budenholzer Bucks is that yeah, they'd go win sixty games and eventually get bounced in the first round against Miami, but at least for them for all intents and purposes, they were rested for that matchup, right? They weren't having guys get worn down when it comes to April and they were tired by the time the playoffs came. Like they were they were fresh. You were getting fourth quarters of Thanasis, Sam Merrill at times, uh, Robin Lopez two years ago or three years ago, and it was mm. bench guys, right? It was just bench lines because they're up by 30. Like <laughs> you, got, you just keep the scoreboard moving, and that's a good way to win the game when you're up by 30 at the end of the third quarter. Mm. But it's been reported all over the place that with Jimmy Haslam in attendance in Cleveland last last Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, yeah, that that was just, I think it for the ownership and ultimately I think it was a mutual decision this isn't reporting I'm by no means source but from what I've been reading it was kind of a mutual decision from ownership and and John uh, Horst to to move on from Adrian Griffin mostly because he had lost the locker room and I think that was what was evident tonight the team looked a lot more locked in than they did on uh, I guess the last three weeks since the the in-season tournament honestly like Mm -hmm. they just looked they looked a lot better and looked more enthusiastic to play basketball. So I'm going to ask about Doc Rivers in a second, but you um, made note of this early into the episode or the show, rather. Um, speaking of locked in, Damian Lillard seemed to have like a bit of an edge against Isaac Okoro after Isaac Okoro locked in and locked him down when they last played in Cleveland, where, I don't know, it, it was interesting. I Ken Carmen from 92.3 The Fan noted like he was at the game and it, it felt like the Bucks were kind of just quitting on Griffin in that game just for how yeah. bad it got but I want to ask you like what did you see from Dame that you wanted to uh, that you tipped your cap about tonight yeah I think he was it's hard to say because I still think this offense is playing a lot of your turn my turn basketball like between Dame and Giannis there's not a whole lot of team efficiencies when it comes to them playing on offense it's Giannis brings the ball up and it shades the offense. Dame stands on the three-point line and kind of is ready for an outlet pass should it come. Okay, Dame's turn. Dame brings it up and it shades the offense. And Giannis is there for the pick and roll if need be. But it, it, it nothing really flows that well. I just think when I watched Dame tonight, he just was better. Like he, mm-hmm. he was hitting tough shots where tough shots weren't falling against the Cavs last week. And like Dame is obviously one of the best shooters in NBA history. He's capable of hitting those tough shots almost always. And for the Bucks to be a championship contender, they, he needs to hit those tough shots um, in, a, in a very similar vein to how Chris Middleton has made himself a career. The, uh, the joke amongst Bucks Twitter is that Chris Middleton is tough shot express, like all aboard. He will do turnaround fadeaway jumpers from the elbow and drain it. And you're like, why are you taking that shot? It goes down. Okay. Nice job, Chris. Dame's the same way. Like, Dame does a great job of driving the lane and like jump stopping fade away from 10 feet and hitting nothing but net. 
when he's mm-hmm. not on, he's not hitting those. And I think he just was hitting those tonight. Like he didn't, he did chuckle a bit from three. He had uh, two of nine, but yeah. um, his other six shots, in my opinion, were pretty good shots from the middle of the floor. And that's where I don't want to see him do more of that, but I want to make sure that that's still in his bag um, yeah. as he continues to, as his entire team continues to get better on offense, because I think his dual penetration, particularly against anybody that isn't this, this defense, because Jared Allen and Isaac Okoro have Isaac Okoro have done a really good job of making sure that Dame doesn't get easy looks at the basket, where Dame has been really good around the basket for most of the year, it has seemed like. And so, if you can recognize that matchup and hit these these mid jumpers to, mm-hmm. to death against the Cavs, so be it. And I think that's like why I think he looked a little bit better tonight versus last week when he was just abysmal all around. Okay, one last question for me as I ponder my final thoughts but looking ahead like this is the i would assume maybe the first or one of two or three games joel prunty coaches this team but looking ahead with doc rivers um do you think you're gonna see similar responses from this bucks team just as a guy who watches them all 82 games a year every single postseason game you consume all the content so you obviously have a greater perspective than myself or any of our listeners do but like looking ahead like can doc rivers right this ship um and kind of kind of turn things around for milwaukee because i texted you and um to friday's guest ty windish about this or messaged you guys on discord like are the bucks normally this bad on defense with adrian griffin because it was stark just because even if Giannis is out like they were getting shredded at points and mm-hmm. do you think doc can kind of be the doctor quote unquote to fix what's been ailing milwaukee or is he gonna kind of have to just lean more into uh I, I don't know i'm just i'm interested to see just because like other front of the program jordan christmas is taking victory laps at doc rivers got another job but um just more so i'm curious like what are, what are your thoughts on the doc hire and like will this be the difference maker that the bucks were hoping they got with griffin when they first brought him on board uh first and foremost shout out jordan good, good friend of the pod um secondly that's the question right let me ponder my orb and see if Doc Rivers can fix this team. If not, there's a good chance the Bucks are paying four coaches at once come next September. If so, they have a good that's, chance uh, to. That that's the perk of a Jimmy Haslam owned team. You get to experience what Cleveland fans have been experiencing for over a decade now. Yeah, I'm not really enjoying the experience so far, but I would rather. I, I I'll put it this way. I'll get to the the is Doc a good a good higher in a second. I think firing Adrian Griffin as much as I wish it would have would have waited a season, I think it ultimately is a good decision based on how badly he lost that locker room apparently. Now, where the rub for me comes in is Doc Rivers is a player's coach through and through, right? That's his like biggest um, benefit to a team is that players respect him, like good players respect him, all star, all pro, all NBA players respect him. He's a player's coach until he isn't, right? Until he's calling James Harden out in press conferences. Until he's saying Joel Embiid needs to be better in press conferences. And starting airing out dirty laundry after a playoff loss every single year, right? That That is the Doc Rivers problem, and I guess, for me. That and that he, loved, that and that he loves blowing 3-1 leads. So, 
is Doc Rivers a good hire for the Bucks? <sighs> Maybe. It, I I am not frankly a fan of it. Like the, his reputation precedes him as a coach. I think that long term, it's probably not a good idea. But in all reality, this isn't a long term decision. This is a I want to win a title in the next three years decision hopefully in the next six months decision. And so if he can lock in and give this team an identity and give them something to play for and not be so, I guess, cranky, the team looks just like they were just in a pissy mood for all intents and purposes on the court all the time this season. And so if he can get them to lock in and focus, have them develop an identity and get them to actually function as a, as a moving offense and not so much ISO ball as I'd like to, um, as we've seen, then yeah, I think he'll do just fine. I think success for Doc Rivers and this Bucks team will be measured by the end of June. If it's if that if that's when we can make the decision, it's a good decision because that would mean the Bucks probably made the finals. But if they're hey, if we have to litigate is Doc Rivers a good head coach by the end of April, then it's not. Then he I don't think he he might keep the job for another year. But a first round exit after hiring a midseason is not going to be the best look. Like this team is way more talented than fourth round exits again. Then as like same thing with last year. Again, Giannis didn't play in two of the games last year, but they're just way too talented to be losing in the first round this year against golly, I can't even I forget who even is the, the eight seed right now. But it's it just wouldn't be a good look, right? That would be cause for some major concern. And that's where I have a problem is when does Doc Rivers as a head coach show his ugly side as a head coach? Because mm. it, it didn't go well in LA. It didn't go well in Philadelphia. Like, He's I gonna- to there could be a point he does overstay his welcome in Milwaukee as well. And if that ends up being what pushes Giannis closer to the door, he obviously course correct at that point. And I will, I will push back on getting closer to the door because Giannis leaving has been a rumor that has surfaced at every step of Giannis's career since he's won his, since his stardom, his since his rise to stardom, every Mm -hmm. contract, like every summer, Will Giannis sign his contract? He does. It quiets for six months. They lose a 40-point game in January. Does Giannis want to leave? Murmurs arise. And then he's been here his entire career. So until someone with some weight to throw around says there's murmurs, I think it's more as the wind blows Hmm. with those rumors. But for for all intents and purposes... I don't think Doc will overstay his welcome in the next six months with the players yeah. in the front office. I worry about the next 18 months. What does the end of next year look like? Because I don't have confidence in Doc Rivers as a playoff head coach. I know Jordan, like you had mentioned Jordan Christmas, taking victory mm-hmm. victory laps at Doc Rivers got our coaching job. He had mentioned to Ty on Twitter that he was good at some points in the playoff last year the playoffs last year, but I, for what, the last what was it, 2008, Evan? 16 mm-hmm. years almost since Doc Rivers 
won a won a title. There there are Bucks fans that don't know about that title. They had no didn't watch that title. There's and, Bucks fans who are now able to drive a vehicle in the United States um, that were born the same year. That Doc won a title. Like the the NBA is such a different game than the last time he had true success. Right. Mm-hmm. I think he what only went to one final since then or that was his one no he coached the celtics to the finals the year after that i want to say and they lost to the lakers and that started right another mini three-peat for kobe um right and powell and so I, they won they won two finals in a row then they failed to make that they didn't have a second three-peat they won two in a row because they beat boston the first year then they beat orlando the second year because right. that's that that was the year lebron mm-hmm. yes and so, yeah, Doc Rivers, last time went to the finals was when Obama was in office. Early Obama, first term Obama. And so I just think it's, I, I just have the hardest time having confidence in a coach that hasn't been to the finals since then. And to give a little optimism, I saw a fun little stupid stat that uh, Doc Rivers, when he coaches a green team, has one title when he coaches a blue team, the Magic, the Sixers, and the Clippers. He has zero. So maybe the colorway is the good to go. <laughs> Might be it, but hey, he's getting, if he's a fan of green, he's getting plenty of money from the Sixers. Reportedly. Now the Bucks. Well, yeah, and the Sixers. And I don't know how, was, how much he was making with ESPN. I'm sure it was a pretty penny. So he has that check that was gone for a couple, a couple months and now a reported quote unquote lucrative deal with Milwaukee. I'm not, count, I'm not penny pinching because it's not my money, but giving lucrative money to Doc Rivers is certainly a choice. Well, for what it's worth, as we head out, he can't air any dirty laundry ever since Giannis held the, uh, the team, uh, uh, basketball operations guy accountable to make sure that like the, Oh yeah. The equipment equipment manager. Equipment manager, there we go. Yeah, so. he said my shirt, my my jersey's a little too damp coming out of that dryer. Can you please uh, put it back in on tumble dry low, please? I'd appreciate it. Oh. No, I I think that for I think I'd hope most people understand that that was Giannis saying the organization needs to focus. I know. I was trying to be fun. I know. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I but I I've, I've seen weirdly way too many serious people about that. <laughs> In a very much similar fashion as Laddergate from last year. I could go on forever on this guy. It's not yeah, that people no. get Giannis all hyped up about, but I'll, I digress. Well, well, if folks, if you enjoyed this man's voice, as I posted on extra Twitter, the most Wisconsin sounding man possible, you can find him on the Talk of the Tundra podcast where he breaks down everything and anything regarding the Green Bay Packers. They just recently went through a heartbreaking loss to the San Francisco 49ers, but a lot of, lot of bright future ahead for the Packers. You can see the logo if you're watching on YouTube right behind him, actually, on a beautiful flag as he ducks to, the, to my right, his left. But, but Numak, thank you again for your time. I appreciate it, buddy. And for everyone listening, on our way out, I just want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts on Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel.